Hey, it's Sean. Hey, it's Bree. And this is I Can Explain. The podcast where we answer the questions that you are too afraid to ask. And this week's topic is accountability. Yes. Yes. So this is um, a heavier topic, I would say. I think that we try our best on this podcast to talk about things that matter and we're always coming from a place that we want people to be able to relate yeah, like, like weird sex toys <laughs> things that matter yeah <laughs> yeah exactly Great example. let's not build ourselves up too much but <laughs> no like i think that our our baseline purpose of this podcast is for people to be able to relate to hear a perspective from the lgbtq plus community maybe learn something but obviously we're always always doing it from a like fun and comedic place um just simply because that is the way that we like to take in information um the way that we like to speak with each other but sometimes it is important for us to Put that comedy aside for a minute and talk about things that are going on that are bigger than us and this podcast. Yeah. Sometimes we can put our stupid comedy beside. <laughs> I can talk about my butthole next week. <laughs> <laughs> That's so brave of you to like Thank put you. off the butthole I conversation. Agree. Thank for you. Week, honestly. <laughs> um, yeah. So like uh, the world is just like uh, a heavier place right now. And <laughs> yeah constantly yeah. but um i think a lot of people are um more aware currently mm-hmm. that yeah. these things are happening so yeah it's it's time <laughs> yeah and i think that's what we wanted to talk about today because as two white um individuals we acknowledge that the world seems heavier right now because all of this is kind of being really pushed in front of our faces as yeah. it should be but for a lot of people, this, this is heaviness is, yeah, has yeah. always been there, totally. right? Um, so I think a lot of people are kind of like waking up and smelling the racism in the last few weeks. But that's not to say that this is a new thing. And it's not to say that this is going to be over anytime soon. This is like something that needs to constantly be in our minds as white individuals. And we need to constantly be working towards um, equality. And I think Sean and I. Let's just start it off with some accountability. I think Sean and I put off really directly speaking to this for a couple of weeks. Obviously, we were, um, you know, posting about it on social media and doing our part behind the scenes. But as for a podcast topic episode, we put off really specifically talking about the Black Lives Matter movement and, um, you know, other things that we need to be accountable for simply because we didn't want to take up space as white individual speaking and there was a certain fear about two white people sitting down and talking about it for an hour yeah and i will say that like a uh a chunk of this also us addressing this topic Mm. which is i think definitely necessary Mm. um is we got a message um on our post saying that this fight is ongoing it's been ongoing Mm -hmm. these these things keep happening and one of the reasons that this is getting traction this time more than a lot of other times is because like white people are finally using their privilege Mm -hmm. to speak out about it and i was like you're right we were taking that as you know we didn't want to cloud the spheres with like we aren't black voices we can't tell you about the black experience so we wanted to amplify those voices and share those resources but at the same time Mm -hmm. not speaking out is is part of the issue yeah exactly (laughs) and i think that just stems from 
the fear of getting it wrong. Yeah. And the fear of taking up space. Um, and the fear of people thinking that, as Sean said, thinking that we think that we can speak for black people, which we cannot. Yeah. That is definitely something that we want to make clear. What we can speak for is white people and what we need to do more of and how we need to take accountability. So Exactly. I can't speak to the black experience, but I can speak to the things I've learned, the things I want to keep learning mm-hmm. and, you know, how I'm hoping that this will change myself and other people around me. Absolutely. And I think we've been pretty vocal on this podcast for, you know, the 80 plus episodes, like trying to constantly remind you as listeners that we are only two voices. So obviously, um, whether it's about race or whether it's about what part of the LGBTQ plus community you belong to, whether you're trans or bisexual or pansexual, there are so many things that we cannot speak to. We are two white individuals, one who identifies as a gay cis male and one who identifies as a lesbian cis female. That is only two two voices and we also can't speak for those communities as a whole either exactly so we really want to empower you listening to make sure that you are obviously like enjoying this podcast and listening to us and that's great but just constantly making yourself aware that we are only two perspectives and we will continue to call ourselves out on that that our we are speaking to our personal experience in this podcast always have been always will be but we are not speaking for the community as a whole it's really just two perspectives and in some ways those perspectives are lacking in a in, in I a mean lot in a of, lot of ways in a lot of ways because um there's a lot of things that we um have never experienced and will never understand due to our privilege as two white cis individuals yeah um and speaking to that before we get further into the podcast I just wanted to give another shout out to a black owned and uh, operated podcast. This podcast is not queer focused. However, it's a good starting point, I find, for people that don't know a lot about black history. This podcast is called the Black History Buff Podcast. You can listen to it wherever you find podcasts. And it's going to give you a really good baseline education of black history, which I think is a really important and awesome place to start. And personally, I listened to a couple episodes so far, and I was really blown away by the lack of education that I had on Black history. Oh, absolutely. And um, how much I learned just in a couple episodes. So I'm excited to continue to listen, and I hope you do too. And also, continue to actively look for other queer voices, Black voices, um, trans voices, voices that we cannot speak to. Um, And make sure that your... um, habits when taking in content whether it's on podcasts youtube instagram whatever it may be are diverse yeah because you're only really giving one tiny slice of the pie here well that's i think that's on like accountability has so many layers in this Mm -hmm. discussion and i think the first part for me is that i think that there is a um comfort that i gave myself by telling myself that i am not a racist person yes and i don't think that i'm a racist person but i think that that alone gives yourself too much comfort because as this conversation has evolved Mm -hmm. it's not about not being racist yeah i know a lot of people that i I like most people I know I would say are not racist but it's not enough and I had never pushed myself with that idea because I allowed myself the comfort of just like thinking that I am not racist Mm -hmm. but like 
so many people have said it and it's more than that now it's being anti-racist yeah. and for me like that I can genuinely say like I had to like work on realizing that this is something I would have to work on you yep. know like it's not just not having racial prejudices and stuff it's using your privilege and platform and money mm-hmm. towards people black lives uh people that aren't able-bodied like there are so many layers that um that need that need your voice yeah absolutely (laughs) and so like that was a big thing for me to realize Mm -hmm. and I think it's really important to push yourself Mm -hmm. (laughs) and push yourself for um self-realization yeah and like a lot of people have seemed so uncomfortable with this, but, like, it shouldn't be comfortable. No. You should be racking your brain. Like, these are hard conversations that you need to be having with yourself yeah. so that you can have those hard conversations with other people. Exactly. And, like, I think a big thing for me was, like, through all of this, like, I've had really hard conversations with my parents. Yeah. And I do not think my parents are racist people, mm-hmm. but there's more to every conversation. Like, when I brought up Black Lives Matter to them, one of their, and I think this is, I'm probably speaking for a lot of people with yeah. <laughs> white parents. A lot of people can relate. A lot of their, um, their uh holdback was oh you know it's uh the the riots are really and i'm like if your if your first reaction is about the rioting and not the injustices like that them saying that they don't think that's a racist statement but i'm like everything you need to do some harder work here you know Mm -hmm. i think that's so true because i think also i forget a lot of times that The people that follow me on social media and the people that I surround myself with, because I'm so outspoken about my political beliefs and my beliefs about equality, I always have been. Um, in I've actually been described by followers as like horrible. Like <laughs> you are a bulldog when it comes to like saying your opinion because oh, I, yeah. I'm undeniably very opinionated and not afraid to talk about that online. About a year ago, I did a Instagram post about uh, Canadian politics and basically... Oh, we'll get there. Don't worry. ...ripped <laughs> to shreds um, people sa- saying that they were going to vote a certain way and saying that that was a violent act towards both Indigenous folks and LGBTQ+. And I had a lot of people, like, really come at me about that post. But I'm like, you know what? I'm going to step past the fear of offending anyone because I think this needs to be said. And I'm not afraid to do that. But the problem is, is what I forget sometimes is that the people that follow me and the people I surround myself with friends wise, like chosen friends are probably going to have similar beliefs to myself. So it's one thing for me to like shout out to those same people on social media or talk to my close friend groups and feel like I'm doing enough by being anti-racist because I'm like, well, I'm saying it, I'm doing the work, but the problem is, is a lot of those people probably already kind of feel the same way if they are willing to yeah, follow me there's and like listen a, to me. There's like something to be said about like community comfort. Exactly. Like when you are, and I say this, this also I think mm-hmm. ties into the parent thing for me, yes. is that it's like, I don't hear my parents say racist things, but mm-hmm. the thing is that like they, at the end of the day, go <laughs> with their friends and hang out with people that all have the same mm-hmm. mindset. They've had the same mindset for 50 years. Yeah. They are different than our generation. When I 
see something come along, I first thing I do, get on the internet, start pulling yes. resources, kind of, you know, mm-hmm. look at articles, look at speeches. They are not the generation to do that. Like no. they take things from the news at face value. They talk about those things with their friends at Absolutely. face value. And my parents I don't think have been challenged yeah. on things like this mm-hmm. or even, you know, having a, a a queer son. Yeah. They weren't challenged until I came along and my <laughs> yeah. sister also is like very good at challenging them. Mm-hmm. So it's like you need to be that person. Yeah. Like you can't create a bigger conversation if that conversation ends at your fucking parents' doorstep mm-hmm. or your like your extended family's doorstep. Exactly. And I think we have privilege in this case, specifically as white folks, to stand out against those, sorry. Those people getting a call. Wow. Sorry. My, my mom's calling me. She's like, work. don't talk about me, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> no, we have privilege as white folks, specifically um, with this Black Lives Matter movement, to speak to people that would otherwise not understand. And the parallel I draw with this is I go back to when Macklemore oh, made the song. Jesus okay? Christ, you took me from <laughs> No, and I, I do think that this is something important to draw from. There was a lot of people that kind of shit on Macklemore about making an LGBTQ plus song when he was not in the LGBTQ plus community. Yeah. My perspective as an LGBTQ plus person and might be different from others. And that's totally fine. Like we said, there's going to be different perspectives, but my perspective on that was, is I don't think there would have been as big of a movement behind that. If it was an LGBTQ plus artist singing that song, Absolutely. it took a white cis straight male to utilize their privilege and speak out against it for people to fucking listen. It's a shame. Yes. Should it take that? No. But also he got to that. He got to the level of um, that being such a like shocking in a way uh. conversation because he was a white cis male. Exactly. So he I, I agree with you on he that. He utilized his privilege to speak not speak to on like to the lgbtq plus experience like he understood it but speak on behalf of the lgbtq plus community and saying this is not okay yeah and for me i will appreciate that because there was so much that happened in that year after that song came out like i remember going to a music festival where he performed and that song was on and I was standing in a big crew group of my straight friends and the crowd was probably predominantly straight and everyone was singing along to this obviously queer song yeah. and I started bawling my eyes oh out. Oh my god, I saw it at uh, the, what is the gorge? Sasquatch. Okay, yeah, yeah. Sasquatch. I mean, I couldn't really see straight yeah. <laughs> so it was like less emotional for me. But, <laughs> but yeah, I remember literally sobbing because I was like, the here I'm surrounded by people who otherwise like would have maybe never heard this perspective or understood because the sad reality is is that a lot of these people speaking to people outside of your community are only following or listening to people that aren't gay. Yeah. So like it's one thing for gay people to scream into the abyss and hopefully the straight people are going to listen to them but like realistically like straight people are not watching lgbtq plus shows they're not watching lgbtq plus youtubers they're not listening to their podcasts to those that are thank you but that is a rarity so sometimes it takes people outside of that community to utilize their privilege to speak up for people that you usually wouldn't have access to to listen yeah and that is where we're at right now as white folks like we have access to people that are outside of the black community 
community that will listen to us in a different way than they will listen to black folks. That's an unfortunate statement, but it's the truth. And we need to utilize that privilege to do that. Yeah. I I mean, even from the baseline of this podcast, there's a lot of people listening to this podcast right now that probably don't listen to black podcasts. That, that's just the baseline. I, I'm sure some listeners are probably like, yeah, you know what? I actually don't. Well, yeah. And I think also like some of that problem, as many people have said, is that like so many platforms are like, this, this is what you're listening to. So this is what I will suggest. Exactly. They don't suggest black voices, not saying that that takes any blame off of the people. No. <laughs> but like that's a, a sad realization. Yeah. I also will say, though, that like I need to except my privilege when I'm talking about having conversations with my family that, like, mm-hmm. I live alone. Yes. I, you know, am at, a, like, I am very close with my parents. Mm-hmm. They listen to me. I'm not in danger of, you know, having difficult conversations and getting kicked out of the house mm-hmm. or them disown me. So, like, I will, I have to admit that yeah. I'm not saying, you know, <laughs> have these tough conversations if you're in a tough position. Yeah. I actually thought speaking to that, I think that's an important thing to say because I think right now it's, a time that we're all very aware or becoming hopefully very aware of our privilege more so than we've ever been. Um, and also you know, the white guilt is rampant right now. Right. Um, which it should be. But I also think it's important to state that um, there are a lot of people that are dealing with their own thing in the way that it's unsafe for them to add something else to their place. Absolutely, yeah. And if you are LGBTQ+, and you are at home, you're, you know, at an age where you're not ready to move out, and you're already dealing with either being in the closet or being out and being not accepted. Also, like, racism and homophobia, they, uh... You know, they kind of Takes two to tango. Well, that's the thing. Yeah. So, like... In a lot of cases, like the people that are living at home that know their parents are not going to accept them because they're gay, if they add another thing to their plate talking against like certain politics or certain things, like you're putting yourself in a dangerous position. So like, I think that it's important to speak to white privilege and the need to speak out, but also acknowledge that do not feel like you have to if you're in a position where you're going to be unsafe or you don't have like a backup plan because there's people with more privilege that you with then you that can do that job yeah you know what i mean right now like i think it's about assessing your own privilege that you have and like how much you can provide opposed to putting yourself at more risk and i think that any race any sexuality would agree with that like no one's looking to put someone in a riskier position that's actually against what the whole movement is looking for yeah yeah um i think like uh like tying back to challenging people Mm -hmm. (laughs) um i also want to be challenged first of all like i don't like my opinion is never intelligent (laughs) but like it's never the end all be all but um me and my roommate were having this conversation because like somebody on her facebook that she had like a far off connection to um posted something that was in the vein kind of a roundabout Mm -hmm. version of all lives matter yeah and she said you know usually i would just delete unfriend that person yes but she was like i am realizing now that i need to say something because most people are not gonna say anything most people either if she's feels safe enough in her facebook community to post something like that probably no she's gonna get some likes and nobody's gonna challenge her and if somebody doesn't they will probably just unfriend her yeah you know so like usually people just unfriend that move on delete Mm -hmm. it from their mind but it's like we need 
to respectfully (laughs) start a conversation because if nobody else does, like, it's not going to get done. Oh, like, what are you Like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing. Those conversations are fucking uncomfortable to have. Yeah. But we need to realize that by not having them, all we're doing is sitting in our privilege and saying, like, well, this doesn't affect me directly. Well, so, I like, think... I get the opportunity to just ignore it and move along. Well, I think the fact that you can um, delete someone from Facebook when their opinion doesn't mm-hmm. <laughs> align with yours is a privilege in itself. Oh, because you, if you are a black person or a person of color, yeah. you can't delete that person's opinion of you because it that's, is you. That's You your get forever. it every day. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah. acknowledge that. And you know what? Something has really helped me as a white person and as a queer white person is drawing parallels to what I want for the LGBTQ plus community. You know, I am embarrassed to mm-hmm. say this. Yeah. But when you said that, I was like, wow, that is sad that this is the first time that I am understanding or thinking about that parallel. Right. And I, I, you know, it's it's crazy because that's why I said it. And what Sean's referring to, I think, is my YouTube video. Yeah. So, um, maybe we should say that first. So Jade Fox is a black lesbian YouTuber. Fantastic. Go subscribe to her. And she made a video calling out white lesbian YouTubers. And the video, you should go watch it. I, she was completely valid in her perspective of what was happening. Also, on you know YouTube. what's even more fucked up? What? Literally never heard of her. Love her content. Oh, I know. And she's fucking hilarious. Like, so funny. I know. So, anyways, I... I'm not going to get into everything I said about that video because there is a video on my YouTube channel, Brianne Williamson, that you can look up. You can watch it. I did an entire response to her video and everything's there. That's for a separate thing because there's no point in me reiterating everything yeah. I said. Um, but one of the components was me speaking to the fact that during that video, I was really trying to talk to my white audience and trying to, as a white person myself, Educate in a way that we could maybe correlate or understand. No, we will never understand, but like it's, I feel like it's easier to, in the same way that we draw lines to heterosexual people and be like, see, it would be like this for you. It, it's easier to explain something to someone when it relates directly to them in some way. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Because you can put yourself in their shoes easier. Even if you don't fully understand, you can be like, oh, yeah, that does feel shitty for me. So I can see how that would feel shitty for you. Yeah. So one of the things I brought up in the video was that so much of we of what we want and what I fight for and what Sean and I both fight for um, for the LGBTQ plus community is so obviously the same thing that various other minorities want, whether you identify um, as trans, whether you're bisexual, if you're black, if you're a person of color, like they're all kind of the same thing um, in a sense. And it's obviously different levels of privilege. But the way I was trying to explain it is that I was fighting so hard for allies of the LGBTQ plus community to do certain things. And I was very aware that I was not doing those things for the black community. Yeah. And it was really kind of like fucked up to me that I wasn't because I'm like, how am I spending so much time in my life outwardly speaking out of if you really want to be a true ally for me as a 
lesbian, as a queer person, and you're heterosexual, then you need to do this and this and this and this. It's just so funny because when I think back to us making a fucking podcast episode about allies, we're like, allies are not people that just don't hate gays. Allies are people that use their voices to help the community. (laughs) And I'm like, how did that message, like, that's what I said, like, it's embarrassing. And I will call myself out. That's fucking accountability. Like, it is embarrassing that I didn't even apply that to other members or other layers of this community that even I'm in. Absolutely. Like, it's so gross. And I hope that none of this, like, is coming off as fucking preachy because, like, Bree's a piece of shit. I'm a a piece of shit. Like, I have realized that there is so much work that I need to do and people around Mm -hmm. me need to do past just not being a racist. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think for so long, like, speaking to accountability... And speaking to, like, what I was aware of, of what I wanted from an ally and what I was not doing myself, for so long, let's speak specifically to the Black Lives Matter movement, I was giving myself a pass because I was like, you know what, I'm not racist. Like, I I, I genuinely think that I'm not racist. There's obviously th- certain things that I have to unlearn and change my perspective on, but I'm not outwardly racist. If someone around me said a derogatory term, I'd absolutely call them out on it, whether yeah. there was a member of the Black community there or not. Um, you know, I do my best to include members of the Black community in things that I'm promoting and sharing their voices. At the very bare minimum, I was doing that before. Like, I looked back on my content. I'm like, yeah, like, I've, you know, regrammed some Instagram posts and I've included some black creators in certain lists or, you know, I follow a few black creators here and there. So very much so I was giving myself a pass of like not being a hateful racist and doing the baseline. And then I thought about it. I'm like, if someone told me that they were an ally for the LGBTQ plus community, but all they did every year was show up for the pride parade. You'd be like, show me. I'd be like, show me. What have you done? Where have you donated? When have you at a party like spoken out about this when someone's making a joke and been like, this is fucking Or besides a party, when have you made it clear on social media or in person to people that aren't necessarily like, if you're at a party, you're probably once again surrounded by the voices Mm -hmm. that would most likely be on your side. Yeah, exactly. When have you voted against something that might benefit you, but you've gone out of your way to vote in a certain way because it doesn't benefit others? When have you, um, you know, really stuck your neck out for that community? When have you volunteered, donated, you know, whatever it may be? But I thought about that for myself and I was like, I have never donated to a black organization. No. Not once in my life before this have I donated to a black organization. And I do a lot of charity. Like, I donate quite a bit and that's not to toot my own horn. It's actually to identify the fact that I have never specifically donated to a targeted like LGBTQ plus black organization. I, I, I don't check for. No, neither. I don't check I do for not. that. I don't think about checking for that. I didn't do that. I is didn't what do I, that. Yeah. So like now we've made those changes, but I think there's a big part of like accountability when it comes to saying to yourself, okay, whoa, like I haven't done all of these things. That is fucked up. Oh, uh, yeah. Like, why wasn't I thinking about that? Something. Another thing I mentioned in that video is when I've been invited to speak on panels or 
um, do brand deals. I have been so focused on checking that there is LGBTQ plus representation because I think that's so much of like my activism and what I'm like looking for that I've been totally tone deaf to thinking about the fact that everyone is represented, not just LGBTQ plus people, but black, indigenous, people of color. Um, Is this panel very ableist? Is this event very ableist? Like there's so many different facets of what needs to be represented that I was not checking for. And it's not to say that I thought it was okay if I showed up and it was just all a bunch of white people. It's just, I honestly was not checking. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. I think some accountability here is like that. It just never as sad Mm -hmm. and pathetic as it is it never crossed my mind and that doesn't make it better that doesn't (laughs) make it worse like (laughs) it just genuinely didn't cross my mind and I still gave myself the pass of like oh I'm a good person I'm not a racist Mm -hmm. but like you know I'm just I'm sticking out for the LGBTQ people yeah but I'm like but I'm not. In a way, I'm not. Yeah, because if it's not intersectional and if there's what, not... You're not doing anything. Then you're not doing anything at all. Yeah. And, like... Hey, Gabers. Today's episode is sponsored by Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the trusted expert in language learning for 30 years for a reason. They are so good at helping you learn a language naturally in a way that allows for long-term retention and it actually works. Trust me, this is coming from someone who attempted to learn a language in high school through the whole textbook old school method. Did not work. Rosetta Stone is different than that, okay? They really focus on allowing you to really learn to speak, listen, and think in that language. I also love a feature that they have built in that's called True Accent. It's a speech recognition feature, and it's like having a personal trainer for your accent. It's super convenient. You can do the lessons on your desktop or in app and it's an amazing value the lifetime membership has all 25 languages so you don't have to stop at one don't put off learning that language there's no better time than right now to get started for a very limited time i can explain podcast listeners can get rosetta stone's lifetime membership for 50 percent off visit rosettastone.com today that's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today today. Yeah, it's just, it's, there's been a lot, there's been, been a big wake up call for myself and I think a lot of other people in these last few weeks and it's really sad that it took this much for there to be that wake up call. But I think that something that's really helped me through just to like circle back is just think of like, what do you want for yourself as a white LGBTQ plus person? Like, what do you hope for our community as a whole? Now, make sure you're doing those same things for the various different layers and groups within our community. Exactly. And also, what do you consider good allyship? Mm hmm. From a straight person, mm-hmm. as somebody in the queer community, what do you consider a good ally? Yeah. How would you like them to use mm-hmm. their voice? How do you want them to use their privilege? And now apply yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> use your fucking brain. Absolutely. I'm literally like, I wish I could shake myself. Yeah. I think a good example that I can recently think to is there was an event this past uh, past fall, I would say, end of summer, early fall, that was um, a... Greater Vancouver based uh, women's event. And 
there were all these different speakers invited that were various influencers or business owners. And I think the event was like a thousand women. Um, They were charging quite a bit for tickets. And I remember noticing that every single woman was a cis straight woman that was invited to this event. And a few of the influencers that I really look up to that are cis straight women were invited to speak at this event. And I remember feeling very frustrated because I was like, here is this event about women empowerment. And you're saying also only straight white women can be empowered. (laughs) And I'm like, there's this very narrow perspective on what it means to be a woman in business. And also, it's such a gross, like, definition of, like, success as well. Exactly. So it was just kind of weird. And then I remember feeling frustrated already when I saw the, like, things on social media being promoted and um, stories about the event. And I felt like, uh, honestly, like, I guess selfishly, like, a little bit like, why was I not invited to this? Like, I feel like I could bring something different just as an LGBTQ plus person. And I was like, it stressed me out the fact that all these people like were so like narrow minded that they thought just like a woman empowerment event meant one thing. And it was uh, they're like, we got a woman. Yeah, (laughs) we did it. Yeah. (laughs) And I was frustrated by it. But there's this also part of me that was like, oh, but, like, I guess they're just, like, they don't notice it or, like, they're, whatever. Anyways, so I was just kind of, like, writing it off. I never, like, messaged the event organizers or said anything, even though I was kind of tempted to. And then I was watching the stories from the event, and I literally, Sean, I literally got so enraged and angry because they had this whole event with all these straight, cis women speaking. And then at the end of the event, they brought out a drag queen. (sighs) And it was all of them, like, They, like, literally just gave, like, a fucking bachelorette party to all of these people. Exactly. And I remember all of these influencers, like, posting about, like, oh, my God, yes, drag queen. Like, we are so, like, pro the community. Like, see, we're not homophobic. Yes. And I'm like. Like You're pro the community when it's brought to your doorstep and you don't have to do any work. And also, I'm like, (laughs) how fucked up with these organizers that they literally, um, booked all of these women, not a single LGBTQ plus woman. But then booked a cis gay male who was going to be a drag queen, because I know which drag queen it was, and it's not on them at all. They got they got the check. Good yeah. for them. But they didn't know probably who was speaking at the event World's to be like, look, this party. is fun. So I'm like, literally, it's like, it's so like, they're literally not doing it for representation. They're doing it because it was an entertainment value. Yeah. Right? And I'm like, that's so annoying that they're trying to look like this progressive fun event, yet that they had no LGBTQ plus women speakers. And I also, remember like, just if you're going like, to do something on women empowerment, why wouldn't you get like a drag king or something? I don't know. It's just like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It just like angered the fuck out of me. Yeah. Like, it was, I was really annoyed by it. Anyways, here we are in today's world. And I'm realizing that every amount of anger that I felt towards that event... I was not checking in on or seeing for people of color. Yeah. So in the same way that I was really frustrated and angry looking at that event and saying, like, how are all women in the sense of, like, why are there no trans women? Why are there no lesbian women? Why are there no, like, why is there no representation besides this one narrow view? I wasn't even thinking about that people of color were represented. I was just thinking about LGBTQ+, because that is my space. That is where I do my activism. Obviously, moving forward, that's going to change. But that's where I had been doing all of my activism. Totally. And then 
and now I'm realizing like, wow, like that same way that I felt in frustration towards the or, or those organizers and being so like annoyed that they weren't like seeing how they were excluding so many people. I'm like, I've been doing that. I have been doing that in the sense that I am not checking to make sure that within my queer activism, I am including black voices. Yeah. And that is how I could relate as a white person. Me like, I see the anger because I have felt that way when it's on a LGBTQ plus scope. So how am I not seeing it? And so I'm so frustrated with myself. How am I not seeing how I'm not doing that for other groups? Yeah. And that is where I'm going to make the change. Agreed. I think a lot of this also, another listener pointed out recently in a DM that um, they were saying that they were listening to the podcast and going back and listening to old episodes, and they were listening to the Mistakes podcast mm-hmm. and part of accountability. Here we go. Yeah. If you didn't listen to that podcast episode, <laughs> I fucking misgendered somebody. Yeah. And that was a learning experience for me, but I could only... Uh, accept it, address it, and move forward with that information and keep that, you know, at my frontal lobe Mm. because somebody called me out and I not not did the work that sounds like like I'm patting myself on the back. I just like, you know. No, you took accountability. You know, and I they were saying that a lot of the things that we were talking about in that episode have a direct relation about Black Lives Matter and what is going on currently. And I was like, you're so right. But also, I just... If you listen about or you listen to that episode, like we don't really cop up to mistakes in terms of how we're addressing people mm-hmm. of color. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, we're not perfect people. I am by no means saying that we have come to a solution and we no. are, you know, we have become apex people and we're mm-hmm. just, you know, like doing yoga and shitting on everyone <laughs> else now. Like, no, I I hope people um get some comfort that there are imperfect people Mm -hmm. but those imperfect people want to do the work yeah absolutely and i think that we are very aware that we probably have a large white lgbtq plus audience and we want to through us taking accountability of the things that we have been lacking and the things that we have a ton of work to do on we hope that Instead of getting defensive, people listening might say, oh, wow, like, you know what? I never thought of it that way. Like, my Instagram feed is looking really white. All these people that I stand are looking really white. Like, why is my YouTube subscribe page looking so damn white? Like, what is going on there? And, like, look within yourself and do the work. And um, that's something that Sean and I have been doing, and that's something we're going to continue to do. Like, it does not stop. I think it's an ongoing thing. I think that... In the same way that we've talked about internalized homophobia on this um, channel and how it used to be a lot worse for me personally. Like, I used to have so much internalized homophobia and, like, just wish I was straight and all these things. And there's so much that society has taught me about what it means to be gay that I had to unlearn and relearn how to love myself. And really, that has been a, a process. It's been years and years and years of that process. In that same way, I have to acknowledge that Things are not going to be unlearned and relearned, and I'm not going to be a perfect person and a perfect ally in three weeks. It's going to take years and years and years of listening to black voices and listening to uh, marginalized voices and and expanding the diversity of who I'm following and who I am amplifying on social media. There's so many ways that we can improve, and we just want to empower you to do that with us. Yeah. 
think that's very fair. I think the last, maybe last Mm -hmm. part, obviously this conversation doesn't have a last topic. (laughs) Yeah, it could be Um, never-ending. But I think uh, in relation to being Canadians, Mm -hmm. I think that there is accountability as well that a lot of Canadians need to keep in mind myself fucking being one of them. Yeah. Like, I'm never talking about these things that are in a way that avoids myself. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think a lot of Canadians have some sort of uh, superiority complex over Americans. Mm -hmm. I'm going to lay it out. Here's the tea. (laughs) We think we're better than you, but (laughs) you are still terrible. Don't worry, you're not (laughs) off the hook. But I think there's, once again, the comfort that I was talking about before and community comfort. Mm. I think that almost applies to our entire fucking country. Yeah, I get that. (laughs) Um, I think a lot of people uh, know that there is obviously race issues in Canada. Mm -hmm. But I don't, know if people are you know really giving it (laughs) as much weight as there Mm -hmm. is i think it's it's almost easy to think that this is you know we have protests here we're doing it for support you know Mm -hmm. but it's not it's not a canadian issue yeah like i'm like we are fucked up yeah we are fucked up Uh and we have so much work to do for black lives matter but also for our indigenous people for people that aren't able body like there are so many things Mm -hmm. and i just like i almost find myself sometimes being like oh well, it's not that bad it's not, not that bad it's not as bad here yeah. you know but that's that's part of the problem mm-hmm. and that's also like once again speaking to our privilege that we get to kind of like close the door on that and be like well it's not so bad for us here because like this this and this but- because it isn't so bad for us here because we're <laughs> fucking white <laughs> yeah exactly. and i like oh wait just kidding this wasn't the last thing <laughs> this is so important i think to me and i think this goes out to all those fucking white gays yeah so, I so many people have posted it and it's so true but like being queer doesn't give you a pass uh-huh. and I think I find myself almost not thinking it does mm-hmm. but like you kind of are like well I you know I'm fighting the fight yeah I'm doing the fight yeah I'm like no I know that I in my life will get called out or mm-hmm. you know made fun of in public or uh-huh. th- these things for being gay mm-hmm. I know that that is the fight that I'm fighting yeah but that is my only fight. Yes. You know? Yeah. So it's like, just because you are queer doesn't mm-hmm. mean you're exempt from this. Totally. It means that, like, you should know better than other people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it's true. Like, you should even have, and I think that's speaking to what we've talked to this whole podcast, is we're embarrassed because we should have even more awareness totally. of what it means to be an ally and how to be proactive because we have felt in a small way what it feels like to have prejudice against us as queer individuals and i think that just goes back to the baseline of this podcast of what privilege is and a lot of people get their backs up when they talk about privilege because they're like well my life's been hard because a b and c and all privilege is is that your life has not been harder because of a certain factor exactly so whether that's because you're gay you're able-bodied you um are white like what whatever it is like everyone has varying levels of privilege everyone is going to be not privileged in various areas and also saying saying that you have privilege doesn't invalidate Mm -hmm. the fact that you have struggles it's just saying that you don't have even more struggles yeah exactly and you don't have privilege when it comes to being queer like we we are acknowledging that and i think a lot of LGBTQ plus folks give themselves the pass because they're like, I don't want to acknowledge that I have privilege because if I say I have privilege, it makes it sound like my life has been easy as a queer person. Yeah. And we are not saying that's the case. And I don't think anyone is saying that's the case. Like, 
undeniably heterosexual people when it comes to sexuality have more privilege that is undeniable yeah and in life sean myself other members of the lgbtq plus community have had things that we've had to deal with and will continue have to to have to deal with and life is going to be harder in so many ways because we are queer that goes out for everyone listening too we want to acknowledge that and validate that for you you can still say I am privileged because I am white or yeah. because I am able-bodied or because I am cisgendered. Those things you can have privilege in while still not having privilege in another area. Yeah. And that does not take away from your struggles. It does not invalidate them. It's just acknowledging that other people have different struggles than you and you need to be an ally to those people in the same way that you want someone else to be an ally for you. Yeah. And like, fuck, I've said it once, I've said it again, I hate white gays because they, <laughs> when we talked about problems in our community, yeah. you were literally like, oh, well, like, there's a lot of, like, femme shaming and all yeah. these things. And I was like, they are, white gays are racist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's, the fight is not ever done. No. And I hope that this, you know, starts a conversation for a lot of people to mm -hmm. tackle the fucking white gays. because. They, me, also. Every, everybody <laughs> needs to be checked. And, Absolutely. like, you need to do the work. And once again, I hope this isn't coming off as us preaching that we've solved racism because we certainly <laughs> haven't. But no. it's like, I know that I have a lot of work to do. And mm -hmm. with, you know, with our mistakes episode, one of the things that I said was that um, if we make mistakes, call us out. The only way that I can learn and mm -hmm. grow is if... Uh, you know, I'm not you saying it's your duty to call me no. out. I should fucking call myself out. Yeah. But um, yeah. And no, exactly. I think that there's, I think that people need to start checking people. And also, I think if you are checked, you should, instead of getting yourself. defensive, <laughs> yeah, get, check yourself. Look within yourself, try and make an active change and Bottom line, take accountability. Yeah. And somebody on Twitter, once again, that that Sean's tweets. Why am I Sean's always on Twitter? Tweets, Get me yeah. a fuck off Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> One of them was like, society should normalize. And then the top reply that got the most likes was like, um, uh, normalize um, changing your opinions when you are given more information. Absolutely. And like, that is what I think this like comes down to. Not saying, you know, stop being racist when you get more information yeah. that racism's bad. Yeah. I'm saying it's way farther than that. But like, you know, it, you need to, you need to be constantly progressing. Yeah. And I think as queer people, we're, uh, we're sometimes aware of that in mm -hmm. some forms, but we need to keep we being be more aware. More aware. Absolutely. Yeah. I completely agree. Um, yeah. We just need to do better. And we are speaking for ourselves. And for anyone listening who's willing to do the work, you will be on the same journey as us. And we just want to acknowledge that Sean and I, behind the scenes, outside of this podcast, will be actively doing the work. And um, continuing that work, uh, even when we're talking about Sean's butthole next week. You know... That's just unavoidable. <laughs> <laughs> the priority here is the work, and then secondary is Sean's, Sean's battle. battle. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, wherever you're listening, please like, subscribe, follow, and send this to your friends and family. Um, check in with us on social media. You can follow us on Instagram at I Can Explain Podcast and at Sean.Lusk and at Brianne Williamson. And we want to give a big shout out to any of our black and people of color listeners who 
you know, have been supporting us, we're going to do a better job at supporting you, yep. bottom line. And we love you all. Thank you so much for listening again. And until next time, we will see, see you around, around the neighborhood.